When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. I'm an addition that we're recording here on this uh, Saturday morning after the Wild improves to 4-1 with a 4-1 victory over the Sharks in their home opener on Friday. Zolkan and Declan Goff, as always, uh, here to bring you uh, just a little, just a little short, sweet, little one timer, little, little, ta- little taste of what's going on with uh, the uh, local and so far successful hockey team. Uh, all right, Declan. So I told you after the first game against the, the Kings, and I mean we're now five games in, so everything that we say clearly at this point is probably a bit premature. But just as far as uh, talking about this team and the differences that we have seen so far five games in. Uh, I told you flat out that I think this team looks like it could be, or I think I said, I want to like this team now because, you know, for so many years we had, we had what felt like entitlement and excuses and lackadaisical play at times that, that then led to me calling them the furious rallies because they had to come back. Um, which they certainly did in the first two games against the Kings, but I didn't have the, the same feeling that it was because of entitlement. Mm-hmm. So here's what impressed me last night in playing the Sharks. And again, I'll preface this by saying they are playing, I believe, their first eight games against non-playoff West Coast teams that aren't that good, okay? Yep. Like, I don't know if they're disasters, but they're non-playoff teams. Uh, what impressed me last night is this. Uh, home opener, no fans. It was very weird. I was there. But the Wild comes out and plays what um, Everson called their worst period in the first period of the season. And I think he said it was by far their worst period. Okay. Now, it's a fair assessment. But the first period was lackadaisical. It was not good. Previous Wild teams, to me, in that situation would have just been like, yeah, we played poorly. Who cares? Um, This team actually, I thought, stuck to it, rebounded, and certainly did not play a perfect game or a great game. But the last two periods, they did rebound, and instead of instead of having to be the furious rallies, they seemed like they took the game seriously enough to come back and beat uh, a roster of players that is not as good as they are. These are the things I'm talking about that, at least personally, strike me as being different when we're talking about the 2021 Wild as opposed to previous teams where I think both of us soured on the rosters after a while. Yeah, it's honestly, it's encouraging that they're beating up on bad teams. I know, and and look, I'm excited to see how this team plays against the Colorados, the Vegas, the St. Louis's of the world. I'm, I'm very excited to see that. But at the same time, I'm always a big believer in you should beat up on the teams you should beat, and these teams are bad. The Sharks, Kings, and Ducks aren't very good teams. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that the Wild were able to rebound, and then after a sluggish start, I, I would say that Dean's probably correct in that assessment. That first 20 minutes was pretty rough. 
And to be honest, up until uh, midway through the second period, it was kind of a snooze fest of a game regardless. Uh, but as as the game progressed with Cam Talbot getting injured, Kapo Kakinen having to step in and, uh, and 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 play an integral part in that in that win for the Wild. This is encouraging. You're four and one on the season, and essentially, if you just beat up on the bad teams, yes, you really it, it becomes a math game after a while. It really just becomes: can you go 500? Can you go at least just 500 against the teams like Vegas and Colorado? If you go 500 against those teams and win 70 percent of the games against Ducks, Kings, Sharks, you're you're pretty much a lock to make the playoffs. And this again, being placed in the West might lead to at least for a bunch of your road games, bad faceoff times. But it's sure. a gift. It's an absolute gift. Because, look, I think the Ducks might be slightly better than I thought. I think the Kings the same. The Sharks, I can't. I think the Sharks aren't good. Um, but the Coyotes, who did, I, I think, came back and beat um, beat Vegas last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're sitting at, so Vegas is at eight points. The Wild is two. But the point being is you've got a gift by being in this division. But again, I'll revert to what I was talking about before, Dex, which is this is the this wild franchise before has looked at opportunity and been like, ah, not today. Sorry. Right. right. Like that's not what they're doing here. And and the fact that they did not play a great game and the fact that, yes, I felt that the game against the Sharks last night was a snoozer. Like it was not a fun game. Yeah. But though, but those are the type of games the Wild traditionally lost, and and Dubnik lets in a bad goal or two, right? Um, he, he was on the other side last night, and I think he played fine. But the fact is that last night's game reminded me of a game that the Wild has come out and sort of laid an egg and been like, oh, too bad, and lost, you know, three to one. They didn't do that. It's important, and. The thing about this, too, especially in a pandemic-affected year, uh, and this is across the board true for all all sports, not just hockey, I'm not looking for style points. Like, you're looking for points. Um, You're going to play games because of the nature of the quick schedule, because of the, you know, sometimes the back-to-backs, right? Because you're grinding against the same team for, let's say, two or three, or I, I believe that the Wild ends this homestand by playing host to the Avs for two and then goes to Colorado for two. So that is a four-game series against the Avs. You are going to play some ugly, probably, games, and you don't care if you get points. So, yeah, and you're right. This is a math game. The Wild's in great shape. But I, I feel like, and again, I'll be cautious here. I get it. I feel like five games in, that Bill Guerin has constructed a roster of players that's going to be a much better fit to handle this. Yes. So like Nick Bonino might not be great on a nightly basis and he might never be great. Ian Cole is a workmanlike, right? Grinder defenseman. He's a veteran. He's not, he's not going to wow you, but what are those guys going to do on and off the ice? They're going to bring you a stability. And that that's a key word here. Because I would say one of my biggest faults with this franchise for a long time now was, to put it as simply as possible, lack of stability, right? Like right. it never felt stable. This is starting to feel like the, uh, as Favre would say, the pieces are in place. The pieces are in place for stability. So it's not always going to be sexy. It's not always going to look good. But if you get two points, you know who does not care? Wild fans and the team itself. Absolutely. And and that's why Garen overhauled this roster with guys like Nick Benino and Bugstead and other players who 
it, it wasn't necessarily that these guys might not be the right players, number one, to build around or two, to keep around long term. But you needed to change the voice in that locker room. And I think that you're, you're starting to see that not just off the ice, but also on the ice. And Nick Buke said last night, I thought, played another very good game. He didn't play a ton. He only played 12 minutes, and he's your top-line center. Uh, clearly, Everson loves to roll off the Eck line. And look, Joel Erickson Eck is, might be the team MVP not named Kirill Kaprizov right now. I mean, the guy's been phenomenal through the first four or five games. What, two more points last night? Juddy leads the team in goals. 19 minutes on the ice last night for Joel Erickson Eck. In, yep. in a bad game against, in, or against a bad team in the Sharks, I should say. But... It, it's kind of all starting to fall together here a little bit. And and yes, it's, it is a math game at this point. So if, if the WoW can continue to beat up on these bad teams, that's basically all you can ask for. And Eck, and Eck actually rolled in as well. So he was he was um, in the uh, middle on the Greenway and Felino line, but he also got time on the top line too. And Bukestead, yep. so Bukestead got time on the top line as well. But it looked like Dean was trying to make an effort to get uh, first and third line shifts, and he is playing fantastic, which is great. So yeah, I, and that's fine too. I just I I would like to see, and I don't know if this is possible with the current um, roster construction. I would like to see it put into a situation where Kaprizov could play with a guy that can make plays, and I think Ek could which is why I might give Eck a chance at that top line eventually. But I also get the fact that he and Felino and Greenway are playing great. Um, did you see, or did, did you hear, actually, when Talbot got, got hurt, I was at the game, so I didn't see the TV. Sure. Uh, did they speculate on what happened? Because he definitely was down. I think he got hurt with like 3.30 yep. left in the first period. He was down for a time. Um, I thought he might leave. He didn't stay in, came out to start the second and like stretched a little bit yeah. and just left. And I couldn't tell if it was a groin or if it was, it looked like he was trying to uh, extend his leg. Yes. So it, it looked like it definitely involved his leg and I couldn't decide exactly what occurred. Dean said it wasn't serious, but in typical hockey fashion, my guess is we're going to see it uh, revealed as a lower body injury and nothing more. So, so I was watching uh, the Sharks broadcast, totally legally, totally fine. Um, Brett Hedekin, go Huskies, on the, on the color Brett call. Brett good. For San Jose. He was really good. Um, like there, there was a lot of mini dropping. I forget the play-by-play of the San Jose no. Sharks. There was a lot of no. mini dropping. No more mini. Don't do um, mini. It's but, not. No. But I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the broadcast. It was actually pretty dang good. Um, Randy Hahn is the play-by-play voice of, of the San Jose time. Sharks. Great, great. Both of them had great chemistry, and they're calling it from the studio. Obviously, they're not in St. Paul calling right. this game. Uh, what they speculated on was, yeah, I, bl- I don't know who shot it. I don't know if it was Kane, but when Talbot moved from the left to the right side of the crease, they thought he maybe have hyperextended something. That's what Hedekin, oh, okay. that's what Hedekin thought, obviously speculation from a studio booth, uh, half the country away, but he thought you, you look like, uh, Talbot extended something a little bit on, on that leg. Um, so a little bit of cause for concern, when, especially because Cam Talbot, I think, has been playing damn well, and it's exactly what you were looking for um, through the first four or five games. And now you get Capo Kakinen, who I thought had a shaky game in his debut. Didn't look all he that did. great. He did. But, he, look, st- stepping in cold like that uh, yesterday, I thought he was dynamite. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal through, through the last 40 minutes of the game. Yeah, and he, he had actually got hurt last year uh, playing in the mm-hmm. minors. And so he hadn't played – before he made the right. start 
against the Ducks on Wednesday. I believe I saw that he hadn't played since something like I don't know February or March. It was like so almost he, ten months. Yeah, he he did he did look off in that game, but if you account for how long he didn't play, it's really probably not that big of a deal. Uh, yeah, I thought he he came in last night. The thing I like, and I didn't see this against the Ducks, but I saw this in the games that he played when, when he got the brief uh, call-up last year, and then I thought that we, we saw it again when he came in for Talbot last night and stopped uh, 17 of 17 shots. The thing I really like, Dex, is he does appear in control. Capo does. He does it, but it doesn't appear like he is... It doesn't appear like he's flummoxed. I don't know if he's going to make the great saves, but I do think he's going to for the most part, and this is the most important thing, I think he's going to stop the shots he should stop. Mm. And that's important. I like him. I think he's going to be good. I, I think that he has a real fighting chance to eventually, at some point in time, down the road, be this team's top goalie. I really like him. So I think that they're in good shape there. Um, if Talbot's out now for an extended period, which we don't know, uh, that's going to be a problem, clearly. But I do think that it's very nice to have a goaltender in, in place that you can count on. I don't know when Staylock is coming back. That's my question. Yeah. And I don't think we know at this point uh, exactly what's wrong there. So I uh, did. And, and, yeah, you definitely don't, and you definitely don't want to test the goaltending depth. I mean, Andrew Hammond right now is now your backup goal. Hamburglar, baby. And Hamburglar. And then you got Judd Zolga in the press box as your emergency guy. I mean, this, this, could, uh, this could get dicey. I mean, but, but for the most part, I agree with your assessment. I think Capo long-term could be the guy here. And if he's eased into this situation, you have someone like Cam Talbot who has looked, again, I thought he's, he's looked damn solid. He's everything you wanted him to be out through the first five games. So I, a little bit of concern. Hopefully Talbot isn't out long-term, but I think Capo getting now maybe a possibly extended look through the next week possibly is a yeah. good thing. Let me say this. I feel like the flukes, the fluke goals mm-hmm. are gone for now. <laughs> How delightful is that? It's very nice. Like I feel nice. like I feel like the guy that throws the pass out from the corner isn't going to have it go off the goalie skate and in. Like that's a very simple it's, thing. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it's, it, it's a very <laughs> simple thing. But Talbot and Capo seem to be they seem to be steady, right? And I mean, I think I think if there is one very very fair word to um, uh, judge the wild goaltending in 2019-20 by it's that it was unsteady. Yes. So, uh, did you see the Kaprizov move oh, last night? Uh, so, like, it's a bore. It was a boring game. Like, I'm going to just cut to the chase here. It was not a fun game. Um, I thought it was very. It was just sort of back and forth, and it was not exciting, and there was not a lot of intensity there. Um, but third period, the Kaprizov move. My mm. God, and he almost scored. I know that goal. How long would if he had scored? on Dubnik on that play in, in which he basically deked the defenseman out of his skates, put the stick through his legs and got off a, or went backhand forehand, put the stick through his legs and got off a, what was a good shot and what would have gone in if not saved. How long would we have been seeing that move for Declan Goff? Forever. I mean, and it, it only proves the point that this team has been lacking that exciting, that dynamic and as exciting of a player since Gabrick. And you know what? He might even be more exciting than Marion Gabrick was. And Gabby was a damn good player and worth, worth the price of admission during his first year uh, in his, in his first eight years here at the wild. But 
I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, actually, the, the San Jose call had it great. I saw the the other call, the local call here, didn't really react to it too well on off the hot uh, on on the live reaction. They at didn't. The, at, they didn't really. No, no. The call they 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 went back towards it, but at, when it happened, and look, I, I'm sure their jaws were dropped because it yeah, was an impressive move. So I do give them a little bit of a, a pass there. Gotcha. But man, I mean, the dude is unbelievably special, and I know it's kind of frustrating because yes he doesn't have the number one center that you want him to work with at right. the same time it seems like the kid doesn't matter who he plays with he's going to try to dominate the ice and look he'll and you saw some moments last night he's going to make mistakes you know he's going to try to dance a little bit around the blue line and not get a puck deep and cause a turnover that goes the other way that's the life of a player like that so you take you take your lumps when those situations happen um I know Kevin Fiala got the empty netter goal last night, but you can tell he's gripping the stick. He wants a flipping goal so bad. He leads the team in shots, I believe, through the first five games. Yes. And the guy just can't find the twine. I mean, the empty netter is an empty netter, but I, I'm not concerned at all with Fiala at all. And right. I, I have zero concern, but you can tell he's itching to get one damn bad. So Kaprizov is 23. And the, the one thing that I'll go back to that's so important about him, Declan, is watch him play. That dude is strong. On the puck, like he's holding guys off, like this. This is this is the perfect storm of of unbelievable, phenomenal skill and strength. Like he's a bull. Yep. Uh, so let me give you quickly here. Look, let me give you three examples of of good players to great and special. Or okay, okay. Um, first off, on the Kaprizov near goal, great move. It was fitting. Dubnik makes the save. And who is there and fails to bury the puck in workmanlike fashion? Zach. Yeah. So the puck balance, the, the puck, but, but that's so, the, but that in a nutshell is Zach. Like that, that's what Zach is never going to wow you. What he's going to do is bulldog you and he's going to be in front of the net. And that's great. But like Kaprizov makes this unbelievable move. And if Zach cleans that up and scores, that's great. So like, that's where Kaprizov is just so special. Okay. The other one though is is, and this is the difference between Kaprizov and Fiala, in my opinion. Kevin's a when Kevin's going good, he is a superstar. Um, but the thing is, through two periods of the game last night, Kaprizov Dex did not have a shot on goal. And so like he was. He made, I think, one or two plays where I saw them, but for the most part, I didn't. But then in the third, in a game that wasn't going great for him, he's like, bleep this. Time for me to do something. Fiala doesn't have that unless he's confident and going well. Like, Fiala doesn't have the switch. When the switch goes, it's like a flood of, oh, my God, this is great, right? Kaprizov is play, basically plays two periods of, Oh, that was boring. And then he's like, "Oh no, no! Here's what I've got for you: three shots on goal, including including a non-goal shot of the season, like that." So, so to me, in, in talking about three very talented players, that's the difference. Parisi almost cleans up the garbage from the great chance. That's Zach. Um, but when you look at if Fiala through two periods is not going great. He doesn't really have the switch where he's just like, hold on a second here. I got to move in my bag of tricks. And that's what makes this kid ultra special to me. Like to just pull that move out and to do that. 
now, if he had been ha- having a great game, I'm actually less impressed because it's like, oh, it, it's your night. But he wasn't. He was not having a great game. And then he's just like, <laughs> I'm not having a great game, but I'm better than everyone on the ice. And he probably is. But I also love the strength. Don't discount the fact that this kid can go through people, which I don't think Fiala can really do. I think Fiala, again, a tremendous skilled player. But Kaprizov has an, a has a strength about him where he can actually make plays by himself because he can use both his body and skill. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable watching him work because he's only six foot, excuse me, 190 pounds. But the guy is an absolute, just, he's a special player. I mean, he's so damn quick. Remember, I I asked, I projected yep. in December, I said, can the kid skate? The kid can freaking absolute fly. I mean, the guy can, can, can definitely skate. That question was answered from the first moment I saw him. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a damn special player. I want a center. I have some reckless speculation too for you, Judd, after watching the Sharks team. Yeah. What would you give up to get someone like Thomas Hurdle on the Minnesota Wild? So Thomas Hurdle, I'll give you a little I'll give you some cap numbers here. Okay. Thomas Hurdle, he is 28 years old. Excuse me, 27 years old. Mm-hmm. He's making 5.6 in AAV this season and next season. He does have a modified no trade clause where he gets to submit three teams he'd like to be traded to. So let's just let's just pretend, because again, reckless speculation. We're not reporting. We're just having fun. Let's say one of those teams was the Minnesota Wild. He said, Man, I watched them play. I saw that Kaprizov kid. The Fiala guy's pretty damn good. Cam Talbot's got stability. I like the blue line. I want to get the hell out of San Jose. Uh, I don't want to hit the open market. I want to go to a team and try to win a cup in this weird year. What would you give up? To get Thomas Hurdle. What would they want? They would probably want Boldy or Rossi. They'd probably want a prospect because here, here's where you can't, here's where it's difficult to trade Matt Dumba is San Jose is paying up the wazoo for Carlson, Burns, and Vlasic. Yeah, and can I get, oh, okay, so if I give up the prospect though and draft picks, can I get uh, Hurdle under my cap? Can I make the cap work if I'm the wild? Right, like now feel, you, right, right now you can't, yeah. Right yeah now, I feel like Dumba has to be traded just to help my cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. I don't think that they're going to pay. I don't think that with – the Sharks are in, in a, a weird place because the more that they tear it down, the smarter. Um, the thing with Boldy and Rossi is I need to decide where I think they're at as far as being prepared to play in this league and, and how good they're going to be. Um. That trade intrigues me. I don't know if it could work though, because I don't. I think the Sharks are going to want back things that I would only give up if I also could expand the deal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look, until they do it, the idea of getting a one or at the very least a very solid two center on this team is an absolute talker. Like, yeah. it, like it's not a, it's not a cute. Oh my goodness! Wouldn't this be a fun thing? It is a necessity. Like I, I mean, again, go back and watch that game. You don't have, aside from Eck, who's playing well, um, but they also want him on the third line. You don't, re- you don't have that guy. So you're, mm-hmm. so as far as the discussion goes, there is something to be said one hundred percent for. Of the fact that a trade for a pivot has to be made here, you would think at some point in time. Absolutely. And if and if it's not, it is a definite, and this could be the case, if they don't make a trade for a, a 
center this season, it is a definite nod to the fact that they don't think that they're that they are there yet. Um, if you start to play well and get points against the Abs, the Golden Knights, and Blues, I think your feeling might change. And and here's and if you don't, well. here's why I hurt. Number one, I I've always liked Thomas Hurdle. He's a damn good player. Uh, Logan, I would like Logan Couture three or four years ago. He's now thirty one years old. I mean. Fine stopgap option, but not someone I, I would give up the farm or give up significant access assets to acquire. He's also under contract for eight million dollars through the next half decade. Um, right. But I after the Ian Cole trade, and now also what's happened with Dubois and 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 Line and everything going on in Winnipeg, I think when you saw the Ian Cole trade, you saw a trade in your division because it's easy to facilitate it, and you don't have to necessarily do the whole quarantine situation if you play your cards right. So I actually can see a possibility where another if the Wild are going to make a significant trade, it's going to come from in the division. Now I can tell you, Vegas, Colorado, and probably St. Louis aren't going to give you give up anything to to right. give up a center because they're also competing for a playoff spot. Right. But yeah. if you look at L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose, I I think you could possibly who, facilitate a trade there. Who also who also are technically not in your division because they're not in the division beyond this weird year. So like if you made a trade with the Sharks, yes, yes, you'd have to see the guy again uh, extensively probably during the course of this season. But you're right. Starting next year, they're gone back to the Pacific. Mm -hmm. So it does make some sense. It does make some sense. I, I really do think, to your point, if we start to see the Wild make hay against the Golden Knights and the Abs and Blues, I Garen's change. Garen's thinking might change then. Yeah. Um. And let me tell you this: I've watched a bit of Abs puck of late, my man. I watched them again. They, they won an OT last night against the Ducks. They lost to the Kings a couple of nights ago after going up to Rip, and the Kings actually pulled a wild and came back to win. Um. Extremely talented. Uh. Top line McKinnon. Uh, is no question is great defense ha- you know just so fun Makar and w- what they, they've got I don't know that they are applying themselves fully yet and I really think that there is a chance um, that the Wild's going to compete with them unless the Avs flip the switch more than I thought I'll say that I will say that so it's going to be intriguing uh, last thing yeah the trade is done Columbus sends our guy Dubois to the Jets, and I believe they also sent a third round pick to the Jets. Yep. The Jet the Jets send Line and is it uh Roslovich? Yeah. Jack Roslovich. Yep. Uh in fact I, I've got it right here. Uh yes, they send those two back to the Jackets. And just to clear things up, the third round pick is a th- third round pick that goes to the Blue Jackets in two thousand. And 22. I think it's safe to say, in retrospect, that if this was the trade, the Wild had no chance. Yeah, no shot. No I was shot. too bad, but they had no chance. I still think it's, I mean, Dubois needed to get the hell out of there. But giving up line A and result, I mean, both those guys are good. Both, of, like Columbus, that's a good trade. Columbus, look, Columbus got better, it, and I think Winnipeg got worse. It's three disgruntled players. Yeah. Right? Well, here, here's my question. So Dubois' dad, I believe, is uh, the coach in the American Hockey League of the Jets affiliate. The, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, old Minnesota Moose, which is now the Manitoba Moose. Right. Yes. Um, I believe he's involved with that team. But 
the point being is if he gets there and will stay there, that's great. If he won't, see, I just don't know, are Dubois and Line especially going to be happy now in their new locales? Here's my last question, too. Is Line going to enjoy playing for Torts? Oh, God, no. Like, how's that going to work? Oh, no, no. No, 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 no. Like how no, no, no. but I'm serious. How yeah. But like you're play you're you're playing for torch now, man. I think is this I, what you wanted? I think Line this will be a stopgap and Line is gonna probably go to a big market. I like Line wants to go play somewhere big. I, I get the I get the vibe he'd love to be in New York or something or so if that's the case, I don't so if that's the case, I don't love this deal for Columbus because and this was the problem though. And this is what players can do. Dubois forced his way out. Yep. He forced his way out and he screwed him because, I mean, th- if you are the Jackets and you are forced to trade this kid, if it's kept quiet, you shop him. But what do you want? You want assets that are going to stick around, right? And be yep. good because this kid sh- should be good for a long time. So, so the impact of this trade immediately is great on both sides. Like it's a fun trade. But again, long term, if you're right and, and Liney is going to walk. And now you're down to Roslovich, who I believe signed a contract um, extension. Okay, that's not nearly as good. So no, it'll be interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it, man. Excited to watch. All right, we've gone too too long. It's a a Judd's one timer hockey show. Judd's hockey show with Dex always um, coming back on Wednesdays as well, and occasionally we even jump on uh, the Score North social media streams to do post game wild shows. We are as they say in the business, omnipresent. We will talk to you soon. I'm Judd. He's Dex. Pass you score. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.